Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Alabama Blue. I am your host, Carlton Worthen, along with our co-host, Karen Sterling. And my goodness, we have some wonderful topics of conversation uh, for you, all of you on today. We have to go ahead and jump right into it. Karen, why don't you just give us a rundown on everything that took place on last week and into this week as well. Well, very good. As uh, many of you may know, we are in primary season. Mm -hmm. The Democratic Party and the Republican Party are going to have their primaries on May 24th. And unfortunately, when it comes to people voting, there's a lot of confusion out there about what these primaries are, what they're about, whether or not people should vote in them. Uh, I am amazed even some of our more active uh, Democrats in the county are still confused over the races and what they're voting for. So, Carlton, why do you think a Democrat should uh, vote in the Democratic primary on May 24th? I, as I shared with my congregation on Sunday, uh, St. John AME Church here in Eufaula, um, that we have some unfinished business to take care of when we show up to the polls on Tuesday, May 24th. And uh, one of the things that I shared with them is it's so important to vote in primaries because you now have the opportunity uh, to present for the general election who you desire to serve you in office. Uh, and I use that word intentionally, serve you in office. I think a lot of times our candidates get it uh, twisted, uh, get confused sometimes that we serve them. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I believe that it is so important to vote in primaries. I think that there are a couple of other reasons, especially when uh, you're in the minority party in regard to that. Mm -hmm. A lot of our candidates on the Democratic side are not well known to the general public. Right. This is part of their opportunity to showcase uh, their qualifications and to get a head start on the general election. So if people are looking at them and through this lens of a primary election, you may find that a candidate that is running today is two, four years down the road going to mm -hmm. be running for another office and will become better known. They're honing their skills. They also will be representing us this entire election season. So you want someone who can articulate the message of what it is that you feel is most important in terms of running for these offices. I tell you, um, one of the things that I have found absolutely intriguing uh, this campaign cycle, this election cycle during the primaries, is how a lot of the candidates have presented themselves. Uh, folks, let me say something to you uh, who are listening via the podcast or watching us live right now. If you're ever considering office, uh, you must always be aware of how you are presenting yourself to the public because people are making judgments, uh, whether it's fair or unfair. Uh, people are making judgments when they see you within those first few seconds. I mean, would you agree with that, Karen? I uh, just had an example of that earlier today where someone said, I think I'm going to vote for this person because when I shook the hand of the candidate, this person looked me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that matters, especially it, here in the South. 
it it did make a difference in terms of of a determination right now. Now, one of the things I wanted to kind of highlight a little bit is this idea of political forums and how mm-hmm. you present yourself within this environment. Since we last <clears throat> talked, we've had an opportunity now uh, to be uh, basically part of the audience in at least uh, three mm-hmm. political forums. I did one also virtual online mm-hmm. just to see how the candidates presented. Uh, and so... What is your overall impression of a forum? Is it a good format for us to learn about our candidates? I believe so. Um, I believe a forum is a good format for us to learn about our candidates. Um, I would not go as far to say that you should uh, perhaps make a final definitive decision, but it definitely can help to... uh, educate you, inform you on what you may be looking for. Uh, Oftentimes what happens in forums, especially if it's a large forum with a number of candidates for different offices that are running at the same time, you really don't have the opportunity uh, to engage with the candidate and dig a little deeper on some of the comments or statements that they may make uh, there in the forum, or if you even have questions about statements they have made previously before they arrive to the forum. I think the other thing that you're seeing is that some of our candidates end up with a fairly uh, generic stump speech. In other words, if you see them in three forums, they sound very much the same. Others show growth in -hmm. terms of their, uh, the information they're presenting because they're in the forum and they listen to other candidates. They start to refine their message a little better. Mm-hmm. Others will use different venues or opportunities to highlight something in particular about their platform or their agenda, depending on the audience. I think it's also really important um, at, at forums, and I guess these comments would be more directed at candidates and their uh, their team leaders. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You have to know how to read the room. Um, if you're in a room, for example, where... There are a lot of individuals who are Second Amendment um, uh, folks. Uh, You might want to tap into that. You may want to lean into that. If you're in a room where there are a lot of people that deal more with voter suppression or or voting rights laws, uh, you really want to lean into that. And so you have to be adept at knowing how to tailor your comments, your speech, uh, to feed the room that you're in. But Karen, here's what also makes it very interesting and challenging sometimes. We now live in a social media digital age because oftentimes you're not only speaking to the room of people physically that's in front of you, but you have multiple cameras that you're speaking into as well, and you have no control over where that message is going. Right. I think one of the things I've heard, I heard from a group of young voters, and there were three or four of them in the room that didn't vote, and their concern was they were going to get their vote wrong. What do you say to an individual who feels they just don't know enough to uh, vote in a particular race? I I, I, I believe that, and again, it's one of these unfair... uh, Uh, unfair walls that candidates have to scale. And I have said it even myself, that if the public does not know who you are, 
if we are not aware of what your brand is, why should you expect us to vote for you? Um, in this age that we now live in, there's no excuse for candidates not being able to get their message out. But they and their team have to be careful. Now, Karen, I'm going to go in a different direction as well. Um, we also have to hold the state Democrat Party accountable here in Alabama with the tools, resources that they make available uh, for primary candidates. I firmly believe that our state party can give aid and assistance to our candidates without necessarily endorsing them early in the primaries. I mean, what do you think about that? I think that that is key. I spent days and days trying to find candidate information to provide to local voters here, mm -hmm. called the state party and said, do you have a link to their website? Do you have numbers where we can reach them? And uh, it uh, was not something that they were readily prepared to do. And I think that something that simple as giving us a way to access what these candidates want to say to the voters is, is so elementary and in I terms think, of helping and, and, us. And I believe that it could go the other way around as well, where the candidates must understand you need a website. website. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you need a social media presence. You need to, and, and I use that word intentionally. Uh-oh, there's Jesus calling us. Afraid so. You need to make certain that you position your, your message and yourself as a candidate in a way where people can easily access you and not have to go digging and looking for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things our candidates did right as we watched these forums. <laughs> I think there were several things. Uh, first, I think there were several candidates that walked in the room looking like the position that they were seeking. Mm -hmm. They had dressed the part. They carried themselves in a way that said, I can see you as a U.S. senator. I can see you as a person representing us in our community. As you've stated, uh, these candidates are always on stage. Right. Uh, we sent a group of uh, questions to our candidates, and one of them asked about what would you do in Barber County? I was really impressed when Will Boyd had done his homework mm -hmm. on some of the things that uh, actually are needed Mm -hmm. in Barber County to improve our county. Mm -hmm. And he spoke to that in the forum. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is really quite uh, impressive. I, 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 I am very impressed with Will Boyd for uh, U.S. Senate. Um, out of all of the candidates, um, I, I personally believe that he is in a very good position uh, to win the primary uh, next month and to go on to the general election. And uh, he gives the people of Alabama a choice. Uh, now, whoever wins out on the Republican side, that'll be a different story. But we will clearly have a choice to make. And let's see what the voters decide. The second thing that I was impressed with had to do with some of our younger candidates mm -hmm. that were coming out and running for the first time. It was clear that they could use more experience in terms of presenting themselves in their platform, uh, but they carried with them a real sense of, I think, wanting to serve, highlighting some important topics in their platform. Mm -hmm. They did a good job. 
I equally like some of our candidates that came using their life experience and showing why they felt they could be a good representative for that position because of their work in the military or their work uh, in industry that created uh, some of the expertise they hope to bring to office. So I think that the candidates uh, oftentimes did a good job not only of letting us know something about them, but also about the issues that were most important to them. I'm, 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 I'm going to say this about the, uh, the younger candidates, and so that I am very clear when I say younger, I'm going to um, say candidates uh, age 45 and under. Yes. Okay, so I'm looking at it from an age standpoint. Uh, one of the candidates uh, currently holds elected office already. I believe his name is uh, Reeves. Lee. Lee. Chris Lee, excuse me. Uh, Chris Lee out of Tuskegee. Uh, we have another candidate, and Chris Lee is running for state senate. Right. And then we have another candidate uh, by the last name of Patel, uh, Vamil yes. Patel. Uh, he and his family are in the hotel industry uh, here in the south- southern part of Alabama. Uh, both candidates are in their 30s. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, that's correct. Right. Both candidates are in their 30s, and Patel is running for the U.S. Congress. Um, what I found really interesting is that you have one candidate, as I've already said, who does bring some degree of government experience with the city of Tuskegee. Then you have another candidate who brings business experience. Uh, they have unique visions. Um, and so, again, the voters here in our district, we're going to have a choice on the office that Lee is running for, he's running against an established Democrat uh, who has a war chest. Uh, what is the war chest valued at? Uh, I think it's over a hundred thousand. It's over a hundred thousand dollars. Now, for those of you out there in Facebook land listening on podcasts, you may not think that that's a lot of money uh, in your respective area, but for this particular <laughs> district. That's an awesome sum of monies. So you literally have old school versus new school. And then on the Patel campaign, uh, he's running against uh, a a lady who ran the last election cycle, Miss Phyllis Harvey Hall, uh, who actually won the primary and went on to the general election that ran against the current incumbent, uh, Barry Moore. So this is going to be an interesting election cycle, and I can't wait for May 24th, Tuesday, May 24th to come. Uh, yes, I and I think that um, one of the things we've heard about is there are three victories in any election, and this is something our mm-hmm. uh, listeners really need to pay attention to. The first victory is when you have a qualified candidate that decides to run and put that message out there. Right. That's a victory for the party. It's a victory for people who are aligned with that that vision and that message. If we're not putting our voices out there, there's no way we can expect that our our issues and our point of view are going to be uh, put forth. We need people to run. The second is how we do at getting the vote out, whether it's in the primary election or the general election. We, when someone decides to exercise their such important citizen's right to vote, it is creating an environment where voices can be heard. So we we really do win each time someone takes time to go ahead and vote. 
And then the third one is who actually wins when all the votes are tallied up. But so often, uh, we have seen even in um, national elections uh, this question that sometimes the candidate who does not win finds many aspects of their platform reflected in the winning candidate's platform because they heard those well-thought-out ideas and decided that this is something that would be of benefit to all constituents. I, 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 I totally agree. And again, I'm going to revert back to a comment I made a little earlier. Um, I firmly believe that the state of Alabama is right on the brink of being able to flip blue. But it will it will not happen until our state party really begins to hunker down and think through a new paradigm with how to give aid and assistance uh, to a lot of these candidates during the primary aspect, which can, of course, give them momentum as they go into the general election. Right. Many of our candidates mention the way that they have a chance in this election is to get the people who are not voting Mm -hmm. out to vote. This is one of the things that is very necessary if we're going to be competitive within the state. Mm-hmm. I think the um, one of the th- last things that I'm thinking about as we enter this primary season, I know we could spend a whole other podcast on it, is the things that you don't find out from a forum perspective. I've been reading uh, information about some of the uh, candidates running on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. And as uh, many of you may know, that's a very contested race. In the state of Alabama, when you go to vote in the primary, you declare yourself either Republican or Democrat. You can't vote in both. If there is a runoff and you voted Republican in the first uh, primary, you cannot vote Democrat in the runoff. And the other way around also is true. If you vote for the Democrats in the primary and there's a Republican runoff, you are not eligible to vote in that runoff. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of background information that is out there on certain candidates uh, that is not necessarily made public. Or, I mean, it, it's public, but it's not something that you'll find in a form. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the candidates for governor, uh, I'm sorry, no, Senator Durant. Okay. Uh, yes, that has this question of uh, sexual abuse Uh, allegations within his family. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has been fairly widely reported, I think, in the media, but that's not something that's going to come up in a forum. And just to be clear (laughs) so that we're not (laughs) getting sued, we are not saying that the allegation is true or not. We are simply sharing what is floating around out there, and voters should be aware. Uh, Also, I think very interesting when I'm looking at some of the labeling uh, in relation to political candidates. Mm -hmm. Um, On the Republican side, there seems to be this battle of who can uh, claim the conservative banner on the highest hill of the mountain. My goodness, that that just irks me that we have so sunk into a place in our culture now where it's all about who, how far right can you go, even if going far right leads to you falling off the edge of the earth into an abyss of darkness. I mean, it's sickening. 
but I'm starting to watch, well, is this pack more moderate? Was it part of Never Trumpers? Was the, um, you know, who, who's who's backing whom for what? And, and not <laughs> only that, but um, as many of you know, I moved here to the state of Alabama back in 2012. Uh, so I haven't been here that long. And at the forum on Friday when we were in Dothan, I noticed a sign of one of the... Uh, candidates who's running for judge. I'm not going to mention the name, but there's a person running for judge. And I noticed there on this person's campaign sign that they had the Republican logo. And so I reached out to a circuit judge who I um, know pretty well and shared with this circuit judge, how can a judge be impartial when they are letting you know out the gate their party affiliation. And thankfully, this judge uh, totally agreed. You know, I shared with the judge that when a person brings their case to the courts for redress, that that judge should not be aligned with a political platform, uh, pushing a political ideology, but that person should uh, be aware and knowledgeable of what the law says, how to interpret that law and how to apply that law as well. But unfortunately, what we have here in our state of Alabama are judges that are running on political platforms. And, and I don't see how you can really make progress when that's the case. Go ahead, Karen. Yes, and that's why I think that uh, when we talk about some of the uh, changes that we'd like to see in our state, there sometimes are things that we can get more people to agree up. And if we can get outside the red and blue aspects right. of what's going on. And, and I want to push that even a little bit further because a lot of times what will end up happening since some of our judges, most of our judges are elected, what ends up happening is you can have a person who is very qualified, but simply because they do not have a, a elephant or a donkey on their political campaign paraphernalia, they will end up being voted against for that reason alone. Well, one of our uh, gubernatorial candidates has been a declared Democrat for three months. Chad Ching Martin had right. said that he has just recently... Uh, he ran as an independent and is now uh, running as a Democrat. Um, I think we also have the uh, the questions about certain issues that are influencing voters one way or another, how uh, sometimes a uh, person has a strong opinion in relation to a single issue that may or may not um, impact how voters see their overall uh, platform or ability to serve. And we want our candidates to have opinions, have a moral compass, understand what it is that they are fighting for. Uh, I know that some politicians have been very uh, criticized for being too wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. So it's a fine balance I think a candidate has between having a point of view that they strongly believe would be in the best interest of the people that they represent versus those that are open enough to listen to additional arguments and possibly change their mind on certain uh, on certain topics. I totally agree. Well, listen, Karen, I have enjoyed uh, this episode of Alabama Blue. Uh, listen, we want you to connect with us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, want to reach out to us, you can reach us on our Facebook page, uh, which is Alabama Blue. Look for the Alabama seal. Also, you can reach us on Twitter, Alabama Blue underscore one. 
And you can reach us on Instagram uh, as as well. Yeah, Instagram is Alabama.blue. Alabama. Dot blue. Alabama dot blue. Give us some closing comments, Karen. Um, we have obviously, because of the timing of the primary, focused a lot on that with Carlton and I, uh, trying to give you as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are going to vote absentee in the primary, which you can do, please do that as soon as possible. Uh, and I believe that you have up to two weeks before the primary, before uh, absentee voting uh, does close. We are hopefully going to have our first podcast guest uh, next week. That's right. Uh, and we are excited uh, to uh, learn more about county party organization uh, through our uh, guest, Gene uh, Harris. Harris, who is the... Um, uh, basically the chairman of the Barber County Democratic Executive Committee. And let me share this, and we will sign off. Um, we also will have our endorsements uh, for the Barber County Democrat Club. Uh, won't you share with everyone uh, when that will be available, when the public will be able to know uh, who the club is endorsing? Uh, our, we anticipate having our sample ballots out May 9th, which mm-hmm. would be a couple of weeks prior to uh, the uh, actual election. A sample ballot is helpful because a lot of people don't like uh, just walking into that voting booth not knowing what is on uh, mm-hmm. the ballot itself. And uh, by getting this out early, people will have a chance to, uh, again, look at every candidate that is running on the ballot if they hadn't known before uh, who was running. In terms of the club endorsements, which we are uh, doing, we are going to be putting a base, uh, a brief biography and contact information on the candidates that we do endorse on the back of our ballots so that voters can see what it is. Endorsement is simply somebody who is, uh, you know, as us as a club, have tried to delve in, find out what we can about these candidates, and uh, through actually a, a secret ballot on our end are going to be um, putting forth a group of candidates that we feel would be effective if they win the primary. Awesome. Listen, our time's up. Have yourselves a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week with another episode of Alabama Blue.